It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite segment of the show. It is our listener mailbag where we turn it over to you guys for some of your thoughts and questions. Before we do that, I need to once again say thank you to our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star, and that is Boomer Jacks. Uh, I cannot wait. Today, when you guys listen to this, this will be Monday. I am, I'm so looking forward to Tuesday, tomorrow, when I will get a chance to enjoy the bye week with a little bit of Boomer Jacks wings. Tuesday is half-price bone-in wings. Wednesday is half-price boneless wings. So whatever your preference is, Boomer Jacks has a handle. Boomer Jacks also has the coldest beer in the Metroplex, really anywhere, if I'm being honest. They also have uh, drink specials starting at $3. They got great buckets of beer. And when you sit down, when you're in the Boomer Jacks atmosphere, you're going to realize very quickly, this is the exact spot for whatever I'm looking for. Whether it's happy hour with your coworkers, you're looking for dinner with the family, somewhere to watch the game with your buddies, do your fantasy football draft next year, whatever else. Boomer Jacks is a great spot for that. Wall-to-wall TVs, live music, every game you can possibly think of. It's all there at Boomer Jacks. 17 DFW locations, so I promise you there's one near you. Look it up at boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. uh, First question here from John. Was that the most complete game in regards to Kellen Moore's play calling that you've seen from him? I'll tell you what, man. I thought I tweeted this out after they scored the first touchdown. I'm like, his first 15 were pretty damn good. And I go, let's see what he does the second 15. He followed that thing up with a touchdown as well. I, I thought he had a great mix. I thought he – I said it earlier. I felt like he really – he put the Bears' defense in a lot of uh, bad situations. His play calling was horizontal. It was vertical. It was all up and down. I mean, that – I mean, I mean, up and down a good way because, you know, he was really – kept Matt Eberflus and that Bears defense on edge. They really didn't have an answer for him. They, they really didn't. And I felt like in the second half when they needed some plays, he was able to dial them up. The creativity on the goal line, people give him a lot of grief about the shorter the field, the harder it is for him to call plays. The, the Dak Prescott touchdown, flow goes right. Schultz and Dak go left. Nobody's there. Schultz gets a little chip block. Boom, Dak's in the end zone. That's some pretty good creativity right there. So I think he was in his bag today calling uh, calling some some ball plays. Yeah, I thought he was really, really good. I've said all along, I know this is always one that people are always, uh, you know, puzzled by when I say this. I'll, I'll say, uh, and, until I see otherwise, that the greatest game I've ever seen Kellen Moore call was when they scored nine points in Philadelphia with Ben DiNucci, a quarterback. <laughs> and it's not that's not just meant as a joke. I mean, it genuinely, I don't know if you remember, he did everything he could to manufacture points. There were all oh, these yeah. wild trick plays and everything else. He went deep into the playbook of just, we got to do something to manufacture it. And so I will always give him a ton of credit for it. They scored. They should have scored nothing that night. The fact that they scored nine was all Kellen Moore to me that night. So I thought he did a really good job, actually. So that's the one that I always point to. But, yeah, this one was really great. The the very first game he called against the Giants, that opening night game where they were just torching them, and Randall Cobb on the sounds from the sideline was seeing he gets to the the sideline after scoring, and he motions back to the Giants, and he's like, they don't know what the hell's going on out there. They're totally confused. And that's like – 
that was that was a time where everybody was really high on Kellen Moore. So, but certainly one of his better performances. First time in Dak Prescott's career, they scored touchdowns on each of the first four drives. Last time they did that, 2014 against Indianapolis when they uh, beat him down 42 to seven. And that was uh, that game was to win the division. I yes, it was. Yep. 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 That was uh, the last uh, Tony Romo division title. Uh, next question here from Dr. Mark, one of our loyal listeners, Dr. Mark Klee. He says, it seems D-Law is struggling a bit more this season against the run than in the past. Has scheme changed? His technique is it a product of him being a bit older and maybe slowing down. I don't think he's been terrible against the run. I think he's had his moments where he's been really good against it. Um, it's not as consistent, I don't think, as it's been in the past. There are times where where it's been a struggle for him. But, um, you know, it, a lot of people are struggling on that defensive line right now. So part of me wonders, okay, is it just the nature of of the way that they've got this scheme? You said it earlier, like, do you want to rush the passer? Or do you want to be like good against, you know, defending the run here? Um, I, I think a, a small factor of it probably is also, yeah, he is getting older. He's an older player now. He's into his 30s. He's had a lot of injuries. You know, it's it's just maybe some slight natural decline. But I think overall he's still decent against the run. He's, he's still a good player against the run. I think he's your best defender against the run when it comes to the defensive line, to be honest with you. Uh, just look at the example of the goal line, first and one from the one against Detroit last week. Yeah. You know, he beats two blocks. He beat a tight end's block. He beat a guard's block. He put his head in there, knocked the ball loose. You know, I mean, I it, he's, he could be a hard guy. A lot of the stuff that, that you've seen in the running game against the Cowboys has come off the, the Cowboys' right side, which would be the offense's left side. Uh, I, I, last time I checked, uh, Demarcus Lawrence is your uh, is your left defensive end. I think there's teams. How many times have we seen him knife down inside, get a tackle for loss and stuff? Yeah, is he the tank Lawrence he was three four years ago? Probably not. But I, I if you had four guys playing across the defensive line that play like he does against the run, we wouldn't be talking about a problem with Cowboys run defense. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next question here from JD. He says, OBJ makes so much sense for this team. I'm not even going to waste my question there. Uh, does linebacker seem to be the next biggest need? LVE is playing well, but with Barr going down, do you need someone to play meaningful snaps so the LSU guys can have some more time and not be forced in? Man, I I, I kind of would like for Jabril Cox to be forced in, to be honest. Damone Clark, I think that, like I said, they probably played him more today than they really intended to. Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I kind of wonder if we're going to hear something from McCarthy about, yeah, the GPS numbers on Damone Clark from the game. We, we, we weren't totally thrilled with it. I wonder if we're going to hear some line like that from, from Mike McCarthy because I don't think they ever intended to use him as much as they did, but they got in a pinch and had to. Um, I mean, you're talking about reps out there today with Damone Clark, Marquise Bell, and Israel McQuamu, like on the defense. That's certainly not what they're normally anticipating. Kelvin Joseph? Yeah, Deron Bland, Kelvin Joseph, other. So, so they get banged up, and they have to make uh, some some changes. I, I'm sure they'd love to improve at linebacker. Devin Harper just landed on IR with an Achilles issue. 
Um, they, they certainly could benefit from from some better play there overall. I think, like I said, Leighton's been pretty solid, um, but they've just been deficient in some other areas. But I'll, I'll be interested to go back and see what the tape looks like on Damone Clark specifically and how he played. Yeah, you know what? There's a side of me that if they were to go get a big-time player, if they said, okay, we're going to Jerry Jones draft capital this thing and go spend something and get somebody, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a defensive player. I wouldn't mind seeing him get a defensive player that makes this thing even better. You know, whether that's uh, whether somebody wants to give up an end, a tackle, a linebacker, a corner. I, I, if you tell me to go out, you can use a first round pick to go trade for somebody that's a badass. Go ahead and put that guy on defense. You know, make this defense even better. You know, I, I think with Dak and this receiving group, I think they'll get better. I think the young tight ends with Schultz have done a really, really nice job. And you got the ability to run the football and you got an offensive line that knows how to block for the run. So I maybe going to get a badass on defense might be the might be the trick here. I can't tell you the position, but just add one. Add somebody that's a difference maker on defense to go along with Diggs and Parsons and Curse and guys like that. And last question here from uh, at GT it up. Is Jalen Tolbert taking a year to understand what a pro is, or is this a player that just doesn't care about learning? I, I don't think Jalen Tolbert doesn't care about learning, and, and I don't know that it's even necessarily understanding what it means to be a pro. I think it's just been a steeper learning curve on on NFL concepts and the position and the and the intricacies of of what they want him to do. I, I think that that's just been a function of that. He he just was not as pro ready as we thought he was. And you you were owning the, the Anthony Brown thing, which a lot of us messed up on the Anthony Brown thing. I'll own the Jalen Tolbert thing because I thought he was plug and play, ready to go, could produce at a Michael Gallup 2018 level, and he's just he's not been able to do that. Yeah, it's been tough. They asked him to do a lot of different things. They asked him to learn three positions, and they should have just asked him to learn one, and that was the issue. I mean, he, he short-circuited on you, and it really affected him and his ability to function. And – you watched him fight in uh, fight balls that were thrown to him. You watched him try and body. He didn't have a whole hell of a lot of confidence in Oxnard. He came back to the star, had some practices where he was actually pretty good. You know, was you know, you think about some of the things that were going on in some of the preseason games. You felt like he could have started some of those. But you watched him play at South Alabama. This kid could go get it. He could go make yeah. plays and. He is like so far from being that guy right now. And, you know, they, they like you and I, Bobby, probably misevaluated him uh, and thinking that he could be plug and play. But I think his, the negative things that happened to him at camp, trying to learn what to do, I think that really, really affected. And remember in the OTAs and the mini camps and when he should have been learning and stuff, he didn't practice. He was rehabbing. He was rehabbing, and I, I think it was a really overwhelming thing to him. That does it for us here today. Uh, another wonderful victory. Uh, it's obviously the bye week coming up, so we're going to have some uh, special little more evergreen shows for you this week. Uh, but we're excited to bring those to you. Until then, we'll talk to you guys later.